Hello, and welcome to the Road to the Garden podcast. I am Matt St. Jean here alongside Tommy Godin for the fourth day of Big Eastmas. That means today we got a Xavier Musketeers preview for you. Got that little X tied up in a bow under the Christmas tree. Probably the most surprising team in the Big East preseason coaches poll here. Uh, and they had they got quite a hubbub at Big East Media Day when we were there a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, they certainly did. They were picked second in the preseason Big East coaches poll. You look at a hot and cold team, look no further than the Xavier Musketeers. There's some pretty lofty expectations surrounding them this year. We're going to dive into it, see if they can live up to them. Yeah, and there's there's lofty expectations, but also quite a range of expectations here. Matt Norway picked them to win the Big East. Uh, I don't, I believe they didn't receive any votes in the the USA Today coaches poll for the top twenty five. They were fourth in the top twenty five for the AP, fourth in the Big East, receiving votes in the top twenty five AP poll. So it's all over the place for that mm-hmm. team out of Cincinnati last year was. Interesting to say the least. This team finished 23 and 13, but only 8 and 11. It's good for seventh in the Big East. Really tough end to the season in what uh, what had become a pattern there under Travis Steele. They ended up falling apart, dropping from a ranked team to entirely off the bubble. And then they lost against Butler in the Big East tournament. Go to the NIT, move on from Travis Steele. Paul Scruggs gets injured against Florida. And under the interim head coach there, Jonas Hayes, they ended up winning the NIT. So there's kind of optimism here off of the fact they won that. And they're returning a lot of players, including that whole front court. Colby Jones, Zach Fremantle, Jack Nungy all back adam kunkel is going to be back your newcomers here the big ones it's going to be sule boom in that backcourt helping out cam craft who's a freshman coming in desmond claude who's a freshman coming in both of those guys very highly recruited and kept around by the new head coach sean miller that's the offseason in a nutshell for the musketeers what are your first thoughts on this team yeah, one guy that you mentioned, I want to talk about a little bit more here is Sule Boom. The University of Texas El Paso transfer played 36 minutes a game at uh, UTEP, averaged 19.8 points per game, four and a half rebounds, and just a hair under three assists. This is one of my favorite transfers in the conference. I mean, you have your Baylor Shiremans, um, you have your Zach Reitzels. I know you're a big fan of him, but Sule Boom could be just as big of an impact player as any one of those guys. He's a gifted defender that can score from the outside, especially on the catch and shoot. Good handle of the ball, good movement off the ball, very quick. Um, he's got a slight frame. He's 6'3", 160, uh, more of a 3 and D kind of guy. Uh, not going to finish anything crazy at the rim, but he, in my opinion, should be their starting point guard um, moving forward. And that's the way things are looking right now. It's looking like Sule Boom uh, is going to be the starting point guard next to Adam Kunkel. That's going to be your backcourt with Jones, Fremantle, and Nunji in the front court. Uh, Boom, you mentioned he's from UTEP. He also played at San Francisco for the Dons. Here's How about this for you? He played for the Dons at San Francisco and played at the Don at UTEP. That's their stadium. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if there's a Dons connection here. 
with Xavier. I don't know if you Musketeer fans want to let us let us know on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know there was a kind of a we, we talked about this a range of expectations for Xavier. I believe they they came in fourth in the Road to the Garden preseason poll with all of our writers. That's where I had them. I think you had them third. Yeah, I had them third. I had them third. Um, I think that the surprise was seeing them above Villanova in that preseason coaches poll, though. I know you're a Villanova guy, new head coach there. So the first time they've dropped out of the top two in the new Big East. What are your thoughts on Xavier jumping Villanova? Do you think that that's realistic? Well, realistic, maybe, maybe. I mean, this team's ceiling is incredibly high and its floor, frankly, is pretty low. Um, do I think that they have the talent to to surpass a team like Villanova? Absolutely. Um, Sean Miller is back. He's ready to take Xavier to the next level. I mean, this program is coming off an NIT win. They're bringing back three of their top four scores and four of their top six from an NIT championship team. They added two fantastic freshmen. Do I think that they could jump Villanova? Yes. Do I think it'll happen? No but it's certainly within the realm of possibility. Yeah, and that's, I think you, the low floor, high ceiling, I think sums up the Xavier team pretty well. They got two guys on the first team, all Big East in Jones and Nunji there. Fremantle's a guy who's been there before. He dealt with a suspension earlier this offseason. I think there's question marks about his relationship with the coaching staff and buy-in and how that's all going to play out the season, but clearly a talented player there. But I think this is going to tie in to the biggest question for this team, for me, it goes to that player you were talking a lot about there, and that's Sule Boom. The question is, where is the playmaking going to come from? Boom is a guy who was a combo guard for most of his career. He's never handled the point full-time. Adam Kungle is a combo guard. He's never handled the point full-time. You got two freshman guards coming in who I think can give you stuff, but they're freshmen. You don't know exactly what they're going to give you. It's going to come with mistakes, and they're not going to be the same guys at the start of the year who they are by the end of it. There's probably going to be some hiccups there. Um, and Colby Jones is another. He's the, the second in assists last year, leading returning assist man for this team. They lost Duan Odom, who was their second point guard, their backup point guard behind Paul Scruggs last year. They're losing a lot of playmaking, and I'm not entirely sure if I buy into the guys coming in being able to replace what they lost. Yeah, that's a very fair point. I mean, to go deep into a season, you kind of hit the nail on the head, but you need good coaching, veteran talent, and leadership. And I think they have all that. I mean, you got Fremantle, you got Colby Jones, Adam Conkle. That's going to make it easy on head coach Sean Miller. I think my biggest question um, for them with a Sean Miller suspension looming, what do the Musketeers look like without him? I mean, this isn't a, a guaranteed <clears throat> suspension incoming, excuse me. Um, we've seen it as low as five games. We've seen some articles say that it's as high as a 15. It could be as high as a 15 game suspension. It could be a zero game suspension. We don't know what that's going to look like. What is this team going to look like without head coach Sean Miller? It's already a hectic off season at the Centos center. It's already going to be tough. What will they look like without Sean Miller? Do they think, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, associate head coach Adam Cohen is going to be able to hold down the fort? I mean, it, it, there's just a lot of question marks surrounding that very 
dark gray area in Cincinnati, but um, he, he, what if he doesn't serve a suspension? I think that uh, I, I do think that they could surpass Villanova. I think that they could maybe on the Matt Norlander path could win the whole thing. Yep. Yep. And that's, and that's the tough part here is we don't know when that suspension is coming down and for how long and how it's going to, how it's going to impact them. There's probably going to be something that happens early in the season. Probably doesn't matter to where this team is going to finish in the big East because there's not going to be any overlap. This suspension comes down first week of January. That's a very different story. Uh, And I want to, I want to bring up, we're going to talk here about um, some games to watch what success looks like for them. But I want to touch on another question here real quick, because I think this has gotten lost in the discussion too. The the whole argument around Xavier's success this year has to do with how good this front court is. And they are really good on offense. But this was one of the worst paint defenses in all of the Big East last year. And they're returning everyone from that. There is no change to that group. So they're going to rely on internal improvement. Jack Nungy at Media Day talked about adding strength and trying to become a better defender. And he looked really good one-on-one against Nate Watson at points. Outside of that, those couple games against Providence, uh, this paint defense wasn't good. So it's how do they look on the defensive end, especially inside? Adam Kunkel, Sule Boom, both undersized, thinner guys. You got a couple freshmen there. I think this team, I have, I have a couple serious questions about Xavier. I picked them fourth in the Big East because I think the talent is that good. But I think there's this team has championship aspirations. And I'm not sure. There's there's some questions they're going to have to answer before they get there for me. They're going to look to answer them, and we're going to give you some games to point to to figure out when they're going to start answering some of these questions. Picking a couple games each to make sure you should put on your calendar. Sit back and watch these. Tommy, I think you got the first one on our list here. What's the first game to watch for the Xavier Musketeers? Yeah, and kind of bouncing off that from you, the first game I have is a fairly early season matchup on uh, the 18th of November versus Indiana. It will be the first time Xavier's hosting Indiana since 1939. And Indiana, if you're looking for an early season test, is a great team. Pick 13th in the AP Top 25 preseason poll. That's going to be a fantastic test in the Gavit tip-off games for the Xavier team that should let you know if they're able to continue that hot finish from last year or if they look like the Xavier team that finished the Big East regular season uh, in the same year. Yeah, and that's that's a team with Trace Jackson Davis right there. <laughs> so you're going to find out in a hurry how your paint defense looks and if you need to make adjustments after that one. And right, right after that, that, what I got here to watch is the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament. Xavier's going to start that one on Thanksgiving at 5.30 against Florida. So depending on when your family... Uh, eats dinner when they do their, their Thanksgiving dinner. That might be where you, you sit back on the couch right after and watch that one. That could be honestly perfect timing. I'd have to work that into my schedule. Could get Duke or Oregon State in the game after that. Um, and then coming out of the other side, you could get Purdue, you could get West Virginia, you could get Gonzaga. You got a couple options there. So this becomes a really, um, a really interesting tournament for them to see how they do. They're going to play a couple good teams in that stretch. We're going to learn a lot there. And uh, I know that stretch continues right after because they get West Virginia at home in the Big East Big 12 battle. 
a week later when they return. So they're going to play four out of five games there against really good teams. Should know about a week after Thanksgiving where this Xavier team is heading into conference play. I'm talking about Thanksgiving, why do people eat their Thanksgiving dinner at like 2.30 in the afternoon? I, I never understood that. It's beyond but me. So you have time for the dessert after. I guess it makes sense, you know, have a couple beers, lay on the couch, watch some football, watch some Big East basketball, you know? Yeah. There you get go. The, get the dinner in early so you can fall asleep on the couch, wake up, get yourself seconds and or dessert. Those are not mutually exclusive. And Man, that's that's why it's my favorite holiday right there. Now that we have Big East basketball for dessert, I couldn't be happier. Apple um, pie and Xavier basketball. Does it get more American than that? Does not. but the last two games i have by another holiday um on december 28th at st john's um i think that's a good matchup of pretty similar teams i'm a little bit higher on st john's than a lot of people are uh in the preseason um i think that that will be a december matchup between two good big east teams i think it'll be a kind of middle of the season barometer and you you want a real middle of the season barometer. January 11th, they're hosting Creighton. I mean, I, I have three games on here that are three separate dates that are going to be tests for the Xavier team. What you want to see is them be better against Xavier than they were against Indiana. That's a goal for any team. That's what success looks like for any team to improve over the course of the year. I think that that Creighton game on January 11th is going to be uh, uh, probably the best test <laughs> that they could get at that point in the year. Yeah, I think that, I like that St. John's one. I think that's really interesting because St. John's, the, the John, they think they have one of the best defensive backcourts in all of the Big East right there. Right. And their paint defense is left something to be desired. So you might have kind of strength against weakness in all aspects of that game. It'll be interesting to see how that balances it out. And I think that'll be a big game from a coaching perspective for Sean Miller. Um, I'm going to, I know we've been doing a lot of early or mid season games here, but I'm going to jump right to the end of the season for my last game. Xavier plays at Providence Wednesday of the last week of the regular season. This is a place where they have, they've stumbled. They lost at Providence last year late in February in that triple overtime game. They lost at Providence back in 2020. LaJuan Pipkin sitting a shot in that last week. These late season games at Providence have been ones that they have not been able to win. And they've been part of the late season collapses. They're setting them up for the opportunity to get a little revenge here and uh, to prove themselves in one of these. You have to take advantage of it. This is going to mean the, uh, the amp is always going to be rocking. It's always going to be a tough environment. You can't go in there for the fourth year in a row in late February or early March and lose a game, especially if the stakes are high and they're going into that game with a chance to win the Big East or solidify their seating in the NCAA tournament. I know we're going to talk next about what success looks like for them. Part of it is going to be staying up at the end of the year and not and not having one of those late season collapses. I will never, ever get used to you saying the amp yet. I still haven't gotten over the Civic Center. So uh, I think I might move on to the dunk now, but I will not be calling it the amp. And I will certainly not be calling it the pavilion. This conference no, is only oh, big enough for one pavilion. I, I would agree. As a Providence guy, I would agree there. Naming it the pavilion hurts just a little bit. Can we clip but that, yeah, let's, producers? 
please. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, we will do. The Providence and Villanova talk is going to be coming at the end of this series, so stay tuned for that one. We're sticking here with Xavier. I got one question for you, Tommy. In the 2022-23 college basketball season, what does success look like for Xavier? What I think success looks like for Xavier is a top three finish in the conference. I think if they can knock off a team like UConn or even a team like Villanova, who are projected to be in that top quadrant of teams in this conference, I think that that would ultimately be a successful year for Sean Miller in his first year. Um, You would like to see them win a couple games, at least in the Big East tournament. Um, Never going to put a... uh, successful target on winning the big East tournament. I mean, that's a little bit too lofty of an expectation when you have teams like Villanova, Creighton, UConn. Um, But I think making the NCAA tournament would be an outstanding goal. Maybe win a game there, sneak one out, but yeah, I I definitely think that all those things are, are achievable. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, I'm going to have a slightly different spin on what is essentially the same thing here. And I'm going to say, a top five finish in the Big East. So you're staying out of Wednesday of the Big East tournament and three postseason wins. I don't care if they're in the Big East tournament or the NCAA tournament. If you get three postseason wins and you're not playing on Wednesday, that means you're a top five regular season team and you're winning the Big East tournament. And if you get three wins in the NCAA tournament, you're in the Elite Eight. You're playing on the second weekend and you're very happy. I think any combination of wherever those wins are you're probably going to be feeling pretty good about how the season went. I think you probably, you also probably want maybe one win in each of those tournaments. Uh, but yeah, it's, you have to have that late season success. I think that's probably best exemplified by a team actually getting some postseason wins that aren't NIT ones. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right. This will be this is an interesting season for Xavier. Your NIT champion last year, they lifted one trophy at Madison Square Garden. Are they going to be able to do it again this year? We're going to find out over the coming weeks and months. This has been the fourth day of Big East Miss. Make sure you check out our written preview by Ryan Cassidy. That should be on the site right now as you're listening to this. Go take a look at that. Make sure you've caught up with the first three days of Big East Miss. We're doing previews for every team. And make sure that you are subscribed wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss a thing. You want to be around for our next one. We got St. John's coming at you tomorrow. So make sure you subscribe so you're getting that in the feed. Check out the website so you can get all the article versions. Follow us on Twitter at Road to the Garden. That's Road, the number two, the Garden. Check us out. That's Tommy Godin. I'm Matt St. Jean. Thanks for listening.